DW Deutsche Welle Pulse And a warm welcome to this jam-packed edition of Pulse. I'm Eunice Wanjiro in Bonn, Germany. In today's program, Uganda urges its youth to go back to the earth and embrace agriculture. Let's make agriculture cool. And how do you do that? You need to, first of all, have youth access land. They must access affordable credit. And we'll have a look at what African youth are doing at the Climate Conference COP23 here in Bonn. I think it is important to know that climate change is a threat to development and it's a threat to your social sustainable um, access to basic human rights such as food, shelter and poverty alleviation, particularly in the African case. So that's why people should care. Stay tuned for the stories and more coming right here on Pulse. I don't need to spend me my money oh, I get up for dollars, we get up for pounds Baby, give me Uganda is mainly an agricultural country, and agriculture employs just over a quarter of the country's population. However, young people don't see it as a future employer, despite unemployment rates being much higher for those under 30. According to the Ministry of Agriculture, the negative attitude towards farming, limited access to markets, and the lack of policies for youth involvement are leading factors in why young people appear to find the agriculture sector unattractive. But some young people are trying to change that. Frank Higa went to meet one of them. 22-year-old Frank Ludovic Sentamu is busy in the food incubation center manufacturing different juices. He is a university student pursuing a degree in architecture. Although financial constraints first forced him into this job, he found that agriculture itself started to open its doors. So what brings me here exactly is not because I really had passion for it, but it's because I was between a rock and a hard place. I had some issues that required finances and I didn't have the finances, so I just thought of something to do and I ended up coming here. And I found passion in it. I found it's very interesting and I found it can make money. And I feel actually even after school I will even still do it. I do different types of juice. Uh, we do mango juice, we do another one called mango and passion fruit juice, and then we do a cocktail which has mangoes, passion fruits, oranges, carrots, ginger, and beetroot. But not everyone agrees with Sentamu. Jackie Namusisi is a young accountant in a local commercial bank. Sitting in an air-conditioned environment, she can't imagine any conditions which would entice her to join the agriculture sector. I enjoy my profession as a corporate lady, and there is no way I would substitute it with agriculture. First of all, farming is a peasantry stressing practice which requires patience, and it takes a lot of energy and time I don't have, and there is no guarantee it will yield results because what I know, agriculture is sometimes unpredictable. Um, anyway, but as an accountant, I earn a guaranteed income and I'm comfortable here. And by the way, all of us want to be farmers. 
But Jackie Namusisi's assumptions are wrong, or rather outdated, says Makerere University professor John David Kabasa. He believes that farming needs a rebrand in Uganda. That way it may even be able to win over people like Jackie. We have to get the right name for the occupation. Do we take it as farming or is it a business? It is maybe food production business. So we are looking through uh, the right names to ensure that it is a profession that is attractive by its name and by its practice and by policy across the country. Well, money is there in farming. A person working in the bank will be paid 500,000 Uganda shillings, 800,000 Uganda shillings. That is equivalent to one cow that you have sold. So if you get that in 12 months, that is 10 cows. But somebody who is breeding goats and raising chicken will get more money than that. One chicken costs 30,000 shillings. If you have 1,000 chicken, you have already close to about 30 million. So you, you really can get more money out of farming. But the focus is how do you help the youth to make money while also growing in a professional career. So we must create the profession out of farming so that they make the money out of the business, but they also have the professional career. Easier said than done though. For people like 25-year-old Paul Kamoga, he has no job. He hangs around the music shop in Wandegia suburb in Kampala City. He is a former poultry farmer but ended up regretting his decision to rear chickens. Poultry farming put him under so much pressure he was no longer able to sleep at night and his business collapsed. The mistake I did was not having enough information about poultry before I started my business. Almost all the chickens died and I sold others to close the farm. The challenge I faced was many, like buying fake feeds, uh, the food was sometimes expensive and they expired drugs on the market. But the worst experience was thieves. Thieves! Huh. They made it a habit to steal my chickens in the night till I got fed up. I can never try poultry farming again. Professor Augustine Wagaba is an international consultant for economic transformation in the African region. He agrees that farming can be risky and needs to be reorganized to make what happened to Paul be the exception rather than the norm. The way the agriculture is organized is very risky. There are no good technologies used to attract the youth. The agricultural sector is, is, is riddled with what we call supply-side constraints. These are things like drought, lack of irrigation, and the youth, for them, as you know them, they, they want something which is quick. And what we discovered is that the youth would not have also liked to be in football betting, to be in, in drugs, to be in, in the pool table at 7 o'clock in the morning. They, they, they also don't love that. But what they are finding is that it is not attractive for them to be in agriculture because of what is risky. It is, there is poor technologies, they are using rudimentary equipment, there are no agricultural infrastructure that is controlling production, no irrigation systems, they cannot be afraid of markets, and there are a lot of losses. So, let's make agriculture cool. That's the term we are using, making agriculture cool. And this is the concept they like. And how do you do that? You need to, first of all, have youth access land. They must access affordable credit. Then three is that you must find a market for them. We are even thinking of introducing agricultural insurance. 
Behind all talk of rebranding and making farming sexy is a much more serious reality. Agriculture remains one of Africa's biggest economic sectors. It provides food for many of the population and needs to retain employees for its future development. According to a report by Deloitte, in 2016, it accounted for 69% of the economy and employed just over a quarter of the population. The powers that be are hoping to increase that figure and make agriculture pay for everyone. For DW, this is Frank Yiga from Uganda. As Uganda is working on rebranding agriculture to make it more attractive to the youth, delegates across Africa gathered for the latest round of international climate talks here in Bonn. Young African leaders and experts are hosting their own side events to draw attention to their own fight against climate change while highlighting the importance of African youth getting involved in the process. This also comes at a time Africa's rapidly growing young generation is viewed by some as a precursor to a range of serious problems across the continent, ranging from unemployment to further migration crises. But they could very well be the key to confronting one of the biggest challenges of our time, climate change. This report by Ineke Milt is now presented by Eddie Micah Jr. Support for climate change action among the African youth has grown considerably as they actively work to raise awareness in their communities and hold their governments to account for inaction. Maureen Sigauke, co-founder of the community-based organization Green Active Citizens Trust in Zimbabwe, explained to DW why young Africans should act now to secure their futures when the effects of climate change will be more clearly felt across the continent. I think it is important to know that climate change is a threat to development. It's a threat to your job security. If floods happen, it can threaten your job. It's a threat to human rights. It's a threat to economic development. It's a threat to your social sustainable um, access to basic human rights, such as food, shelter, and poverty alleviation, particularly in the African case. So that's why people should care, because everything that we know can change if climate change goes unabated. Sigauke also believes younger generations are better prepared to lead the charge on climate change adaptation and resilience, not only because of their numbers, but because of their tech savviness. Climate action is going to be premised on technological transfer and infrastructure development. And who better knows the technology and cyberspace better than young people? So it's one of the reasons that I think that we are most equipped to lead, as we're already doing, within the climate action that we seek to embark on. Many African countries have already implemented policies designed to mitigate the effects of climate change and clean up the environment, most notably with Kenya's recent introduction of the world's toughest plastic bag ban. But some African observers at COP23 believe that the issue is still not being taken seriously enough. Laurent Sommet is the Director of Policy and Partnership at the World Wildlife Fund, WWF Africa, and is based in Cameroon. He thinks that more still needs to be done. Climate change is a question of survival for, 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 for Africa. It's a master of survival every day for many reasons. We are one of the continent, the most vulnerable. You have seen the floods, uh, the hurricane and uh, the typhoon in uh, some places in uh, Europe, in, uh, not in Europe, in, uh, in America. And, but if these things were going to happen, for instance, in Africa, many many would have more casualty because we are not equipped to resist and adapt to those uh, climate change effects. 
Sumay views global climate conferences as an important opportunity for African nations to not only showcase their achievements so far, but to also play an important role in vital decision-making efforts which will impact their future. We know what it matters for us here. We have to be there. We have to be at the table to discuss. We should not miss this opportunity that's offered. Because if you are not at the table, decision will be made. And we don't want to see that happening again. Because we have missed certain opportunity to influence the history. And we don't want to repeat this mistake again. That report was compiled by Ineke Mills. Nobody want to see you rising, and when they do, they don't even like it. They just want to see you deep in crisis. Drive yourself, you don't need the license. Holler her, she can even ride it. Go ahead, move your feet just like this. Then he showed me the latest. We walk over them haters. But what you do, man, you're so You're listening to Pulse with me, Eunice Funjuro. Still to come, speed dating for businesses. Now watch me do my zonto, zonto. We walk over the pages. Now what you do, my zonto, zonto, zonto. You're listening to Pulse. Many young Africans have lots of creativity, zeal, and great business ideas, but they often do not have the skills or the capital to turn their ideas into reality. Germany, on the other hand, has lots of money. But many people have no clue where to invest it. So Germany's Ministry of Economic Affairs and Energy decided to bring both sides together. The ministry recently hosted the first startup Night Africa, a kind of speed dating for businesses. It invited young entrepreneurs from Africa and representatives of German companies. But did the two actually manage to start dating? Our correspondent Daniel Peltz was there. My name is Brenda Katwesije. I am from Uganda and I'm extremely passionate about making eye care more accessible. Three minutes. That's all the time that Brenda Katwesije has to promote her company Vasi Vision. The young Ugandan entrepreneur standing in front of some 400 guests, most of them wearing suits. Germany's Minister of Economic Affairs and Energy is smiling at her from the front row. They're affordable, they're durable, they're strong, they're cool. I think I really look cool. And the best part is, <laughs> thank you. Brenda certainly manages to capture the attention of her audience. She founded Vasi Vision last year. The company has come up with an app. Ugandans can use it to measure their eyesight. The app transfers the results to Vasi Vision's office in the capital Kampala. The customers then get a pair of glasses. Brenda says they cost up to 80% less than those bought in a shop. She got the idea to start Vasi Vision when she was in need of new glasses some years ago. I actually used to work for a consulting firm and uh, I had insurance at the time. So I went to get myself a pair of glasses, but it was so expensive, really, really expensive. And uh, even if I had insurance, I had to top up. So I really, I got perplexed because what about the people that don't have the kind of... Uh, job that I had and if they didn't have the resources that, that I had, how were they getting eye care? So for me that's where the idea was sparked and that's how I started my company. Brenda gets friendly applause from the audience when she's done with her presentation. But like the seven other entrepreneurs from Ghana, Nigeria and South Africa, she's hoping for more. Her company needs technical expertise because the app is still not as precise as it should be. And it needs capital, so the business can expand. If things work out, she could soon have both. 
Eric Young, a tall, lean man, is standing just a few meters away from Brenda. He's the founder and CEO of Greentech, a German investment firm. Greentech signed up to cooperate with Vasivision already before the startup night began. You know, the African market is huge. And so when you start selling eyeglasses, even if you make small margin, it's already generating revenue. It makes this business sustainable, very attractive, until it reaches a point where you have bigger VC and bigger private equity company that will want to go into this business. So for this reason, this business makes sense, it makes impact, it can generate value and is highly scalable. Germany's Minister for Economic Affairs and Energy, Brigitte Zypris, is a woman in demand during the startup night. She's walking around, shaking hands, complimenting the entrepreneurs about their presentations. The ministry is placing high hopes on African startups. It's even set up a fund to support them. But that's not charity. Africa's population is growing rapidly. Some 440 million young Africans are going to need jobs by the year 2030. And Germany's government wants to help to create them so that the number of refugees does not go up. Here's Brigitte Zypris, Germany's Minister for Economic Affairs and Energy. Startups are a real chance for Africa. That's why we want to support them. It's especially young people who are unemployed. And they now get the chance to find a job, even if that's through being self-employed. It's extremely important for young people to get involved in something again. At the end of the evening, plenty of questions remain. Many people shake hands and exchange business cards after the presentations. But nobody knows if the German companies will back up their compliments with investments in the African startups in the future. And nobody knows if the great business ideas and concepts elaborated here can be really turned into flourishing companies. Brenda Katbezice, for example, is already on her second startup. The first one did not really work out. Now she's hoping that this one will succeed. Daniel Pels, DW, Berlin. brings us to the end of this week's edition of Pulse. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Just look for DW Africa and make sure to leave your comments there. Thanks to our studio team and thank you for tuning in. Join us again next week for another jam-packed edition of Pulse. I'm Eunice Wanjiro wishing you a great week ahead.